In the name of Allah, the gracious, the merciful. Assalamu alaikum. This is The Conviction Project, a podcast where we leave you with no doubts about Islam. My name is Maraj Rana. And I am Farhan Iqbal. Muhammadur Rasulullah, 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 Muhammadur Rasulullah. Ya Rabbi salli ala nabiyika daiman Lihaadhi dunya wa basin saani So you know Farhan, me and you, we've had the opportunity um, to engage with a lot of different types of people who believe in different types of things. Um, You know, recently we did a podcast talking to uh, a group of um, Christians who became atheists. Um, You know, more information to come on that soon. Uh, But we also have the opportunity to talk to Muslims who have become atheists. And we've engaged with that with that group in various different ways. You know, we've read some of their literature, we read some of their books, uh, watched some of their videos, um, spoke to them on Twitter, um, you know, engaged in discussions throughout. So we can, we can, I think, positively say that we have, uh, in some way or shape or form, we have been dialoguing with people who are atheists or people who say that, you know, God does not exist or, you know, God uh, isn't worthy of uh, worship. And I think that, you know, what I wanted to talk about today is really dissecting atheism and dissecting some of the themes that we have seen emerge um, as a result of having a dialogue or having discussions or exploring um, some of the things that exist within, you know, a group of people that would otherwise call themselves atheists or a group of people that other people would call them atheists because I'm not particularly uh, familiar with what they would call them. Uh, Recently, I listened to a uh, Joe Rogan podcast where he calls himself um, secular. You know, and this idea has also emerged too. Uh, you know, he's talking about uh, raising his daughters as secular. So you know, I and you, someone like Joe Rogan, I see him as an influential person in that you know people want to mimic the things that he does. So I think that to me, we need to talk more about uh, you know this group of or like this idea of. Uh, raising your children secular or identifying to being secular what does that mean to me and you know what are my take on that and what are, what do you think about that and what's your take on you know this idea of being secular or passing down secularism as a thing um so yeah what are your thoughts on that initial thoughts yeah it's it's very it's a very interesting uh, discussion um, secularism is definitely um, an aspect of uh, of of this uh, discussion around atheism. Um, you, you know, there there are Muslims who would call themselves secularists, and there are Christians who would call themselves secular in some way. Yeah. So we have to uh, really understand what the definition of uh, secularism mm-hmm. is. 
you know, even when when it comes to atheism, as you were talking, it reminded me of a discussion I had with an atheist uh, a few years ago. And uh, he actually really broke it down. And, uh, you know, there's the uh, like there's a spectrum of atheism Mm -hmm. Uh, and there's agnosticism. But then there's there are agnostic atheists Mm -hmm. and there are atheist agnostics. Mm -hmm. So he, he really talked about this these gray areas in between right um and these uh the four different definitions he came up with where one is staunch atheism and one is staunch agnosticism and one is agnostic atheist and another is atheist agnostic mm-hmm. so it's it's a spectrum or theistic which makes it really is another one that i've heard yeah. right um, and and I, I don't claim to be an expert. I'm not their spokesperson. I don't know uh, the nuances of all these terms. Yeah, n- neither but, am I. <laughs> right. Uh, but w- the general idea we do understand is that a person could be agnostic, mostly, but then uh, that person uh, could be inclined towards atheism. So right. when they say that there may be a God, they're, they're saying there probably isn't a God. Right. Uh, an atheist, a staunch one at least, would say there isn't a God. Mm-hmm. And then an agnostic atheist would say there there probably isn't a God. Yeah. And, uh, and, and uh, you know, uh, someone lower down on the spectrum would say, I don't know. I, God knows. Or yeah. <laughs> they wouldn't say God knows. They would say, I don't know what to think right. or what to say on this, to- on this subject. But, you know, at, at, before starting the podcast, you said something very profound, uh, which I wanted to bring this discussion to. Mm-hmm. And that is that is there really such a thing as absolute atheism? Right. Right. You know, I, and, and, and both of us, I think, agree on this. And many of our listeners might agree on this as well, that there probably isn't. Right. Uh, we are like agnostics when it comes to uh, real atheism. Yeah. Real the, the real atheism. You know, the kind of, uh, like Richard Dawkins, for instance, he, he wrote this book, The God Delusion. Mm-hmm. A lot of people still buy this book and it's still among the um, high sellers. Right. Um, it's uh, this, uh, he, he would probably be that staunch, mm-hmm. Uh, an atheist. But I think uh, if I remember correctly, uh, one of his chapters is uh, is still named There Most Likely Isn't a God. He didn't say there is no God. Mm-hmm. He said there most likely isn't a God. Right. And, and, and so that's how far I think the staunchest of the staunchest atheists would go. Yeah. Right? W- w- what do you that's, think? That's what I think too is that, you know, I think the baseline isn't you know believer or non-believer i think the baseline is like zero so it's that you really don't know if there is a god or if there isn't a god and you know people often you know this group of seculars will often criticize people who with sure conviction say there is definitely a god and i think that that criticism you know we can talk more about that but equally that criticism exists for people who say there is definitely no god because how do you have proof that there is definitely no god i mean people who say that there is a god you ask them for proof they will tell you a whole different number of things but people who say that there isn't a god their proofs don't really align with, okay, there isn't a God. Because, you know, if I say that, you know, um, 
Farhan lives in Ottawa. You know, the way for me to figure that out is I go to Ottawa and I lo and behold, Farhan is there or he's not there. So there is that, you know, it's like, did you embark on the journey or the path to find Farhan? And how extensively did you go to try and find, sorry, not Farhan, God, um, how did you, how extensively did you go and try, how hard did you look to try to find God? And if you looked everywhere and you didn't find God, that's the only time that you can probably say, okay, God does not exist. I've looked for him everywhere. I've looked for him high, low, everywhere. God doesn't exist. Until you haven't done that, you really can't say God God doesn't exist. What you can say, and I think, you know, someone like Suhail or someone like Ali Amjad Rizvi, they say that, okay, suppose we say that your God exists, then he is not worthy of worship. You know, and this is this is a stark contrast to, you know, the uh, the kalma in Islam, which is, you know, la ilaha illallah, Muhammad Rasulullah, which sometimes translates to there is no God but Allah. But, you know, we in the Amdiya Muslim Jamaat, we also translate it as there is none worthy of worship except Allah. So for them to say, well, you know, right. your God doesn't you know, he's not worthy of worship. That's a big statement. And that's a statement that we can actually unpack and try to talk about. Why is God worthy of worship? Right. So that that's where I'm at with this, that, you know, I think that if you, yeah, you yeah. want to know, you know, hey, does God exist? Does God not exist? I think the better question to ask is, if God exists, is he worthy of worship? Right. You know, uh, it, it's it's interesting. Uh, as you were talking, I, it reminded me again of uh, something that uh, Richard Dawkins has talked about in, in his book. And um, I'm actually in the process, I think I mentioned in one of my podcasts, I'm, I'm actually in the process of very slowly reading this uh, his book. Mm-hmm. And he, he talks about this uh, spectrum again when it comes to belief and disbelief. Right. Um, how many believers? But of course, his 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 criticism was focused on religious people, and his uh, so he's like he he mentioned a survey they did uh, and asked people how sure are you that God exists mm-hmm. from a scale of uh, one to ten. So so like uh, you know how many people said that yeah ten out of ten God exists, mm-hmm. and another and uh, there are other people who would say seven out of ten or five out of ten. So he was making the case that even religious people are not are not fully um, full believers Uh, but you know we can we're trying to say that it it works the other way too Uh, those who are atheists uh, how many of them would actually be able to say 10 out of 10 there is no god Mm -hmm. i think none of them right uh, you know, or, or, you know, unless they are really trying to fool someone, you know, there's absolutely no way to say that there is no God whatsoever. Mm-hmm. Um, so many of them will be like a nine or an eight or seven. Mm-hmm. So it, 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 it basically works both ways when it comes to uh, this, this discussion. And so atheism in the absolute sense uh, doesn't exist. Mm-hmm. But in, in as far as religion is concerned, there, there are lots of people who would say, 10 out of 10, God exists. Yeah. There, there are prophets who, who actually said, uh, you know, the promised Messiah, Hazrat uh, Mirza Ghulam Ahmed, peace be upon him, he actually invited people 
come uh, s- spend some time with right. me. I, I'm I'm reading his uh, his dialogue with actually um, a Caucasian gentleman, and I think British gentleman, uh, who came to see him in Kadian, India, and this is back in 1902 or something like that, 1901 or 1902. And uh, he has this long dialogue with him. And he says, you're here, you're traveling. Uh, we know that you're here for a very short period of time. But it would, be, it would be very good for you if you stay for some time and God shows you a sign right. uh, of his existence. Mm-hmm. So that kind of surety, uh, I think, wouldn't be found in, in atheism, especially if you really, really dissect it. Right. Right. Yeah. And, and really break it down. Yeah, yeah, and like even, you know, we were talking about this earlier as well, that the the Quran as well says that, you know, tr- try and produce a chapter to the likes of this chapter, like to, to the likes of a chapter in the Holy Quran. You know, again, this idea of complete conviction to, you know, the message, to the idea. Like, there is no ifs, ends, and buts about this. You know, the Quran, uh, people who, uh, you know, prophets, they're coming at this with sure conviction that, you know, there is a God and God exists. So so then I go back to the idea that, okay, well, let's say, uh, let, let, let's go with that. Let's say, you know, God probably exists. Now, is he worthy of worship? Is he is he worth kind of my time? You know, because many times, you know, we talk about this in, in business as well, that when you want to sell a product, what you have to convince people is that, is it worth your time to invest in this? And, and a lot of people like to think about things in that way. And I think throughout the throughout the years, we've had different explanations as to why God is worthy of worship, you know, is we try to explain it from like a like a punishment point of view, you know, talk about death, talk about you know the afterlife. There's so many different ways. Which one would you say sticks out to you the most in terms of why God is worthy of worship? I think that uh, question uh, can be answered um, from what I was just actually reading yesterday. Mm-hmm. In, uh, in Brahini Ahmadiyya. Uh, and the promised Messiah, al-Islam, made this case. And and it's not because I believe in the promised Messiah and I'm, that's why I'm just quoting him and just, you know, dodging this question. Right. It's because I'm, I'm actually very much convinced mm-hmm. by this argument myself. Right. Um, I, I've, there are other arguments for, for God uh, and for his existence that are found in our literature that I've talked about on multiple occasions. But this one argument that he makes in Brahini Ahmadiyya, and just for your knowledge, you can go to alislam.org and uh, type in Brahini Ahmadiyya, and this book uh, will uh, show up in your in the search. Or you can go to the book section and, and click on Hazrat Mirza Ghulam Ahmad, and you will find it in the list of books available there. It's in English and translated. Mm-hmm. So if you in that book, one argument that he makes... And he says, and he, this is his claim, that, that this, this argument refutes atheism for sure. There is no response. Right. And that is the inimit... In, in, I'm losing this. The matchlessness. Uh-huh. I'll, I'll change the yeah. word. Uh, in, inimitable. Yeah. The, or inimitability. Yeah. Right? The matchlessness of uh, the Holy Quran. Mm-hmm. Okay, hopefully I got yeah. it right. So it's uh, the, uh, the the challenge in the Quran is that if you believe that this word of God is not from God and it's a human construction, mm-hmm. 
then tr- go ahead and try to write a surah like it. Mm-hmm. And you would not be able to. So the, the idea is that any action of God is not reproducible. Like if God has done something, human beings don't have the power to reproduce it, right. you know, in the way that God did it, yeah. right? So when it comes to the word of God, which is the Holy Quran, we believe it's coming from God directly. Right. No human beings would be able to produce a like of the Holy Quran, something similar to it. Mm-hmm. And that proves that this is the word of God and that in turn proves that this is coming from God. So, uh, you know, th- there, are, there are a lot of questions that can, that can, that can come up. Right. And I just want to take one question today as we're coming to near the end of the podcast. Just one question that uh, one person, I, I, I was just watching a video a couple of days ago where the person was saying that this is subjective. Right. How do I know? Yeah. I could write something now. I could say write something on a piece of paper and say, hey, this one is matchless. No one can. So so how do you, how do you know? Mm-hmm. Because it will just be a subjective statement. It will just be an emotional statement. Anybody who comes up with a, any statement that is better, right. uh, you would just dismiss it and say, hey, my statement is better than yours. Yeah. So I, the, 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 the idea is that we can we can actually produce evidence mm-hmm. of how the Holy Quran is matchless. Right. So the promised Messiah has talked about this in his book, Brahini Ahmadiyya. Again, my couple of minutes that we're going to finish this podcast today, uh, I won't be able to explain it, but go ahead and read it and you can reach out to us right. and we can tell you the specific pages where this is discussed. I can, I can, I can tell you where to, where to read because the books, Brahini Ahmadiyya is actually five volumes and then this is discussed in different portions. Yeah. So uh, the, the evidence the promised Messiah has given is the that of Surah Fatiha. Uh-huh. So he took Surah Fatiha and he took the example of the rose. And you know how the rose has certain qualities. It's a, it's a creation of God. And again, regarding the rose also, he says that no one can produce a like mm-hmm. of the rose. No one can produce a likeness of the rose. We can extract something out of it, but we would, not, we would not be able to make something as good as the creation of God. Do, do you understand the argument right. here? Yeah. So yeah. To, to me, to me, that's a powerful indication of, so here's proof that there is a God and this is the proof that, you know, God exists. I think that... Right. So let me just finish the yeah. argument quickly. So for, for our, uh, the, those of our listeners who who don't know, right. uh, I don't want them to be lost. What, what the idea is that Surah Fatiha, the first chapter of the Holy Quran, the beauty of the language, a lot of people think that this is just about the beauty of the language. This is just about the poetry. Right. And this video that I'm referring to, it sounded like that that person also thought that it's just the beauty of the language. No, it's not just the beauty of the language. Mm-hmm. It's the way the words are put together. Right. It's the uh, the 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 comprehensiveness of each word, each letter mm-hmm. having been placed exactly where it's supposed to be. Right. It's about not having written too much or too little right. to express a certain truth. Mm-hmm. It's about having truthful statements, mm-hmm. right? It's about having 
uh, again, so, so on top of that, there is that beauty as well. There's that poetic nature. There's that, there's that, uh, you know, the sweetness right. of that. So there is, the promise of Messiahism talks about the external and the internal. Actually, I'm having a deja vu. I think I talked about it in in one of the, our older podcasts. Yeah. So it's 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 the it's the external and internal beauties mm-hmm. of the Quran. Yeah. Um, so all that, so we can actually really mathematically break it down and prove, not subjectively, but very objectively, that the Quran is a matchless piece of document right. that no other human being can produce a likeness of right. it. And that is why it is the word of God. And that is why God exists. Right. So this argument, for me at least, I don't know for any of my listeners, and any of our listeners, uh, if it works or not, for me at least, it's a very powerful proof right. Of the existence so of God. for you, it's more like, okay, so now I know that God exists and this book is the word of God. And I know that for sure. Now that means that I need to follow that book of God, um, you know, in letter and spirit, because this is from God. And therefore now I need to follow it because the, the weight of that idea that this is from God, you know, supersedes all other, all other things. But I think, you know, and that's very powerful, but I think something to explore further, and perhaps we'll get on this next time, is to talk about, okay, because because to, to me, when I hear that, that helps me understand that the, the Quran is from God. But I can still, you know, as someone who likes to explore doubts, is that, okay, I can say, okay, well, this is from God. That's fine. Uh, I'm still going to choose not to follow it because, yeah, it can be from God. It is from God. I believe you. You know, what you're saying makes sense. Uh, I'm still going to, you know, follow life, how what makes sense to me because I don't really care if this is from God or not. You know, there are people who think like that or, you know, where that thought mind, that thought can cross their mind. What do we say to that? And I think, you know, to find out, I think, you know, we should unpack this a bit more. Um, definitely not possible in a 20-minute discussion. But I think this, we come at a good point that people will often say, this is a proof for God, this is a proof for God, this is a proof for God. And I think that's fine. That's that's really good. You should have that. But I think the second point is, well, so what? And I think a lot of, a lot of people that we've spoken to or engaged with you know, that belong to secular communities or just atheist ideas, they'll they'll tend to that because even if they listen to us talk about the proof or the existence of God, the idea of why or what what now, that still kind of doesn't motivate them enough to say, well, I accept what you're saying and now I want to choose to live my life as a Muslim. Uh, and all those ideas related to that. So, you know, I, I think, you know, if you have any questions or if you have doubts about this, feel free to send us an email at theconvictionproject at gmail.com or visit our website at www.theconvictionproject.com to listen to all of our previous episodes. Um, this is The Conviction Project, where we leave you with no doubts about Islam. Muhammad, Muhammad, Muhammadur Rasulullah, 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 Muhammadur Rasulullah. Salli ala nabina, salli ala nabina.